Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello, Jocelyn's back. Yay! (laughs) Yeah, it's been a while. It's been literally like two months. Like my my daughter is two months old tomorrow, which is wild to me. (laughs) Yeah. Has she hit legend yet? Like, is that like pirate legend or Hearthstone legend? Like... (laughs) She has definitely been helping me play uh, portable things. So I've actually have been playing a lot of Hearthstone. Uh, and I've also been playing Super Mario Brothers Wonder because being able to just like hold her and sit on the couch and hold something in my hand has been so, so necessary in the last couple of months. So yeah, and every once in a while, she'll just like flail a hand and play a card. <laughs> like, thanks, honey. That's definitely what I wanted to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so she's been great. I've been great. But I am very glad to be back. That's good. Well, I'm happy you're back. I'm happy we're going to talk about... Uh, you know what? And as as um, as a welcoming back gift, I removed... Uh, and everyone's... Look, I'm just going to get this out of the way, everyone at home. Because <laughs> they're going to be like, oh, the Sonic news. Ryan, take oh that. Oh, my God. You know? I removed <laughs> it from the show notes. I thought, you know what? Welcome back, Jocelyn. Uh, it's also been a really busy news week, so I had to drop something and... Honestly, it was really, really <laughs> tough to choose. And I was like, yeah, I guess, you know, the first look at Shadow the Hedgehog and Sonic the Hedgehog 3 is probably something we don't need to, like, really talk Do about. Do a deep dive on. I yeah. appreciate my welcome back present. That's amazing. Yeah. Welcome back. But, you know, this freezes up for when a trailer drops or, you know. Yeah, that's true. Like that. I'm not out of the Sonic woods yet. I know. <laughs> no. 2024 is going to be a busy Sonic year in terms of multimedia. So stay tuned. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, what? how's the last couple months been? I mean, uh, thank you just off the top to everyone who uh, to helped fill in for me while I was away. Um, I know you had some awesome guests. So yeah, like, thank you, everyone. And, and I hope you guys had a good time. Yeah, no, we had a great time. And I, I, I would mention everyone, but I know I'll forget someone. So I, I'm just I just want to thank everybody for for guesting. And uh, thank everyone except for Crofton. I don't want to thank Crofton because, you know, it's Crofton. <laughs> you guys have such honestly, like I I see you go back and forth on Twitter sometimes. <laughs> and I'm just like, are you guys friends? Because really, like, <laughs> there's just a slinging of insults between you, him and Bo. And I'm just like, man, oh, man, <laughs> do you even like each other? <laughs> I think so. No, I think so. Look, like there's this. Uh, I don't know if you've uh, if you've caught core, but like frankly, what's going on is uh, uh, Bo often brings up Crofton on core, and then uh, which is it, w- sometimes you know calling him a bad rogue, other times saying he cheats at video games, and we've kind of taken that and, and ran with it uh, to, and then you know Crofton started beef with core, so I've kind of gotten like roped in. But I'm so nice that like everyone kind of like <laughs> Canadian beef. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, grade A beef, you know, that sort of thing. So like, I, I, I yes, we get along. It's it's gentle um, sort of teasing. But uh, no, I want to thank everybody, including Crofton, for being on the show. Um, you know, I can just I'll, I'll try to list them. as just you got. So you, we had John on. We had uh, Bo, Crofton, Firebird. Um 
Look, I'm gonna start forgetting people. I could, I should have looked this up ahead of time. Yeah, Nevermore, <laughs> Nevermore, Nevermore. Thank you, Nevermore was on. It was awesome. Uh, you know, uh, I'm going back through. Yeah, Crofton was there. Manny, Manny was on for BlizzCon. So we got to talk a lot about uh, World of Warcraft, which is it's been a while. Mm-hmm. Um, Travis was on the show. Monica was on the show. Uh, we had a great time talking about Baldur's Gate three. Uh, once again, twice again, thrice again. Um, and, uh, I promise I won't, I won't talk about Baldur's Gate 3 again until, until game of the year. I'm still working on it, but, uh, yeah, that, that's everybody. I did, I did remember everybody. And by remember, I looked at the notes. So, (laughs) well, yeah, it sounds like a a really stacked guest list. So thank you everyone for filling in. Uh, it was really, really nice for me to just be able to kind of relax and and focus on recovering and and being there for my daughter and yeah so uh thank you everyone for being amazing and supportive as always and and for filling in for me while i was gone so uh i am back now so let's let's talk about what we're playing so um tell me actually about before we get into super mario tell me about steam world build because I like to build things <laughs> and i like yeah i do i love a good city builder so is that what this is yeah, yeah, this is a so Steamworld build is a is a city builder. It's part city builder, part um like I I guess like dungeon crawler or there's like a specific genre that I haven't had a lot of experience with that it's like it's not dungeon crawling but it's like dungeon management, but in this case it's more of like a mining sort of thing. I was going to say I feel like this year and maybe maybe a little bit of last year too, it, it's all blurring together, but um, I feel like recently you've played a lot of things that involve you digging. <laughs> oh, is, <laughs> yeah. This, yeah. is this one of the things that the, one of the games that you've played before, like a sequel or something? Uh, yeah. So like, you know, well, you know, you know me, I love to dig. I mean, two minutes ago, I nearly dug myself a hole, but I got out of it pretty quick. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, no, the steam world franchise has been around for a while and, and uh, there is uh, a few like the the Steam World Dig games. There's two of them, which uh, we've talked about on the show years ago. Okay, I th- I was gonna say I thought that the like Steam World just the name sounded mm-hmm. familiar. Yeah, it's sort of like a it's like an aesthetic that they've run with uh, as this company that have built uh, these products in the Steam Steam World world. Um, there's the, the dig ones are the most familiar and they are my favorite. Like they're kind of like, they're more like Metroidvania style games where you're like getting power ups and you're being able to delve further into the mine. Yeah. Great games. If you've never played, uh, those, they are phenomenal. Um, uh, both on switch, both work well, uh, on the steam deck. If you're, if, if you've, I don't know. Yeah. Have you made a choice on a portable PC yet? Or are you still holding off on that? Like I know we, last we spoke, you were kind of looking at the Rog Ally. Yeah, that's that's the one I'm still leaning towards. But it's, I mean, we're right now both my husband and I are off of work, so mm-hmm. it's it's very much a, a budget thing at the moment. And so I've been, um, I've just been using my phone, which is something I didn't really do a lot of. And honestly, I don't know how people play. Hearthstone consistently on mobile like I just oh my god I hate it so much compared to PC but anyways I've been playing uh, Hearthstone on my phone and then like I said I've been playing on the Switch so 
Like that's kind of been my my portable gaming thing right now has been just whatever I can play on the Switch. So huh. um, I, I haven't uh, made the jump into a different portable system just because... Uh, again, budgetary reasons. Like we're both we're both off work, so <laughs> it just doesn't right. make sense to drop a, a huge chunk of cash on on a mobile system right now. But um, but that would be the one that I would get if I were to buy one today. <laughs> that is that is a very responsible adult thing to say. <laughs> I so, know. I I yeah. hate this. <laughs> when what did I become done? a responsible adult? The fuck is this? <laughs> Look, like uh, it happens to the best of us. <laughs> Oh, I hate it. <laughs> um, yeah, like this this game, uh, the Steam World games are you know they've got uh, they've got Steam World Heist, which is like a uh, sort of two um, D sort of turn based tactics game. Uh, they have Steam World. Uh, 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 there's Steam World Quest, which is more of like a like a turn based card game, like a card battler type thing. Um, they've kind of like tested the sort of aesthetic and the world theme with different genres. And okay. this is the one they've done with uh, city building. And I've, and I've actually, you know, I'm a big fan of the franchise. Uh, like I said, the dig games are my favorite, but I have enjoyed the other ones. And I was looking forward to this one. I've, I've actually had it for a bit because I was able to get a code uh, from the PR behind the game. I've been playing it for a couple weeks and um playing it on xbox i thought that would be a fun challenge let's see what it's like to play a city builder on a console yeah. with a controller uh i thought that was an extra layer also i'm you know it, keyboard and mouse games like i i don't i try my best to avoid them because it's just like i prefer the console experience i prefer the controller experience uh even with the steam deck it's a controller um it's a more controller focused experience in handheld and especially in docked mode, which is my sort of preferred way to, to engage with that platform. It's just so much easier than waiting for my PC to update windows drivers. I know I sound like an old person complaining about PCs, but <laughs> I use a Mac and it has an update every once in a while. And it's not a big deal. Um, windows always, something goes wrong when you, yeah, Windows, every Windows update breaks something, always. <laughs> <laughs> or moves something or or changes a setting and you have to dig for it. I've been pretty lucky with PCs, like, in terms of updates. I haven't had any horror stories like knock on wood, but um, I just, I have my preferences. And, you know, when you have limited free time to play games, you kind of go to the path of least resistance. And that is, you know, a platform that is respecting your time. Sorry, PCs. Mm. But I get it. Some folks love their PCs, and even if they don't have a lot of free time, they still much prefer that platform, and I think that's that's great. SteamWorld Build will work on PCs, um, and it is it's also on Game Pass, so it's on Game Pass, uh, both Xbox and PC Game Pass. So you can check it out there as well if uh, you have an active subscription. But um, the game is, uh, you know, I talked a bit about it on the last mini I recorded and I was a little like apprehensive about it because, you know, it wasn't it wasn't quite clicking. Um, and then I did the thing I do with city builders or like, you know, simulation games like Civilization or, or, or something where I lose days, I lose hours to this thing <laughs> yep. because and so I beat it twice. I beat the campaign I beat the can so the way it works is like you're presented with five maps and you can choose the first time you choose a map it, it it gives you the option to run through the story which kind of like 
layers the mechanics and teaches you the building and and all the different things you need to do to get to the completion, which is building this uh, this rocket to get off the planet, which just happens to be exploding. Um, and and so I beat it twice, and the campaign runs about six to eight hours each time. But I did the thing where I'm like. Well, if I just keep playing, I might just be able to finish it in the next 15 minutes and then hours goes by, right? Because you're <laughs> min-maxing your 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 buildings and your uh your uh your mines and stuff and they have some automation in the mines as well. So like essentially how it works is like the the goal of the game is to uh, uh build your city up above to support your efforts in the mine to find six rocket parts. Uh, those okay. rocket parts are then used to build a rocket, uh, and then you fly off uh, planet bef- again before it explodes. Uh, preferably not looking at the at the explosion as as you you know you walk away from it like a cool person. Well, yeah, would. that's the cool way to do it. Exactly. Yeah, I mean that's established in many many different cool things, um, and uh, so and essentially that's that's how, what it boils down to. Of course, there are, there are many many layers. Uh, on that and it and what it kind of works out is like you have it's a simple it's a more simple sort of city builder like there are it it doesn't feel like there are a lot of like competing um like i never felt like i never felt as i was playing like i made the wrong choice and it was being punished for that wrong choice you know like in some city builders it's like oh man i screwed up the sewage and now main street is just like well, we won't even talk about poop it. Poop central. Yeah, poop central. <laughs> and I got to like wipe the city and start fresh, you know. Um I I didn't have that happen. Like it it has a lot of these cool quality of life things that I want to talk about first because like you can move any building with no uh repercussions. Like you could just pick it up and move it like uh to wherever you want. And that's really key because there are a lot of these like uh buildings that are considered service buildings, which improve the happiness of your uh, robot citizens right? Uh, and also make them pay more taxes. Like you're happier, you're willing to pay more taxes. I guess that's how that, that's really not how it works in the real world, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it matters how happy you are. You got to pay your taxes. Um, but in this game, that's, it's tied directly to being happy. And so you can pick up a building and move it. And I think that's critical to understand. And and you can demolish a building and get, you know, I, I'm pretty sure a good chunk of resources back. Like the game doesn't punish you for making mistakes. And the sooner you kind of realize that you can understand like, oh, if, if I feel like I've kind of messed up and, you know, situated my city in a weird way, I can just move everything. Um, you're doing it building by building. I'm not saying it isn't tedious, but like the game doesn't yeah. punish you. Uh for moving it around. So I thought that was really cool. And it's also super helpful because the way the citizens work is there are four types of robot citizens. There are workers, engineers, aristocrats, and scientists. And the way you get to the scientists is you upgrade through the tree. So like you can turn, you can upgrade a worker to an engineer, upgrade an engineer to an aristocrat, and upgrade upgrade an aristocrat to a scientist. I don't know if that's how it works in the real world, but that's again how it works in this game <laughs> or with robots. I don't know. Aristocrat is is an interesting like stepping stone. Yeah. <laughs> Not who I would normally think in that like chain of like worker to engineer to scientist makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. I don't really understand how aristocrat fits in, but okay. <laughs> I don't know. But it kind of, like, it works with their aesthetic and the way they sort of portray their characters. Because like, a, you know, when you picture these robots and these steam powered robots, like they, they all have this like personality to them. And I think that's my favorite part of the whole franchise, really. That's my favorite part about the franchise. They run with that. And I think like, that's where like, if you've played a steam world game before, like aristocrat is like, oh, of course they, they went with that. And they run with it and they have a great time with it. Um, but essentially, like, you are moving through this, you, you know, you're moving through the campaign or, or this, uh, they're all campaigns, but you're moving through them. Mm-hmm. And you're building, you're building out your population, you're building new buildings that will uh, provide more resources. Um, and some of those resources are farmed from the land above, like, uh, like logging. So you're cutting down trees. And it's not like you have to build like, you know, it's not like Warcraft where you have to build like uh, a bunch of folks to go, you know, uh, cut down the, the lumber. You just you place the building in a place where you, you're going to have a good enough yield. And then that building then takes 10 workers to operate. And it, and it all sort of happens like in these little screens, like you're not you're not waiting for your characters to get there. You're not like trying to remember, OK, I need to have, you know. You need to have a specific amount of workers, but like you don't need to put them in a specific location. Like the game sort of takes care of all that for you. It cuts a lot of that stuff out that would be tedious and not fun. You know, like trying to remember like, mm-hmm. okay, I have to have these 10 workers by the by the lumber mill, and then I have to have these 10 workers over here. It's it's not a real-time strategy. It is a city builder and um it allows you to focus on it's more about the placement of the buildings. Like you're you're constantly trying to sort out the best placement for your buildings. Um, Oh, another good tip is that the map does not stay small forever. (laughs) So my first playthrough, I thought like, man, this is really cramped. I don't know how I'm going to be able to finish this. And like hour six, I realized like, my God, there's a whole other section that's opened up. When did that happen? First of all, it's probably been there for a while. I'm a little embarrassed, but the map does sort of open up as you progress. And uh, the best advice I have for folks, if you're going to play this game is basically like create areas for your different types of robots, because when you upgrade, um, so the, the worker shares some services with the engineers. So like what I would do is like, I'd have an area where the workers are and I'd upgrade a couple of them to engineers. I'd pick up those buildings move them over to the engineers section. So this way I was always optimizing sort of my other buildings and stuff. And I wasn't having to build like multiple copies of these buildings. I could just move, move it around and strategically have like the right amount of, of robots for, for, for what I, for, to progress. And once I got, I got that down, I had like sort of the upper land area sorted out. Um, the mining took a little bit longer for me and I, I really appreciate how they kind of layer the mining where like the first area is really about exploration and understanding uh, the different resources you can find without the hassle of worrying about um, uh, enemies that you're going to encounter later on in the game. So that first layer of the mine is like just about exploration and understanding the mechanics of like mining basically and setting up uh it's like the tutorial mine kind of yeah yeah and it was super like the whole game isn't stressful like i said like i think that 
a lot of city builders can quickly descend into chaos. And I'm not going to say there's no chaos in this game, but I never felt like I was they like often like they get they get pretty complicated pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And and this game is it's complex, but like I find that it didn't uh it didn't I never felt like I was like, oh man, I made a mistake and now I'm gonna I'm I'm on the slow path to game over. You mm. know? And I, n- I never felt that. Like I felt like I could like I could fail here and you could always have come to... back from yeah. whatever you'd done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> whatever I'd done. Well, what what <laughs> if it's the game? No, it's never the game's fault. It's I never the it. game. <laughs> no. Uh and there, you know, as you descend into the mine, there are enemies that you're going to encounter. And then there are uh, like attacks that will happen every five, you know, not every five minutes, but they'll like tell you in five minutes, there's going to be a wave of attacks happening and you can set up defenses and guard. You set up like guards and, and that's the other thing, like in the mine, like it works the same way where like you have to have a separate set of resources down there, like in terms of robots. So you have miners, prospectors uh, medics and guards. And the way you, you set those up is like you, you are building, uh, buildings underground. Like you're sort of setting up, uh, like, uh, minor tiles and it works. It, it, all the buildings work like this in the mines where you, you set up, uh, like you set up an area. So a nine or three by three gives you like one minor, and then you kind of expand out those tiles and like you'll see as you like sort of build more tiles it'll say okay now you've got two miners for this like four by four area or whatever and another piece of advice for folks who are going to check this out is that like you don't have to have your tiles like touching like a resource you can so for example if you want to build a turret you can build an armory across the map but still place the turrets next to the hive Right, you don't have to have the the armory right next to the, the to the hive. You can kind of separate it. So again, like it's that quality of life where like I didn't realize it until my second playthrough. But I'm like, oh man, like I don't have to build all my like mining um, workshops uh, next to the resource nodes. I can build like the the tiles closer or away from uh, the resources and then like set up my automated like conveyor belts. Cause that's just something I was running into with the automation. It's like, I have no room to, to build out these conveyor belts and automation because like all my workshop tiles are in the way. So it, it, like you can offset that and you can like offload it. You can put it in an area that's like fairly safe or, you know, you mind it out and it's completely empty. Like build your, you can build your, your workshop and miner and prospector tiles there and then save like the resource areas for other stuff. So it doesn't get too, like you, you can use space really effectively, which is nice because again, like you're in a mine and you know, space is limited. Uh, and it just, it's super fun. Like once you get through, like those are the, those are the big three tips. I think it's just like, you know, you can move buildings, you can destroy buildings and nothing has to in the mine. Nothing really has to be super connected. You can kind of like build strategically elsewhere and with those tips, like, I think you're going to have, like, a really good time uh, and not find yourself, like, running into into barriers. But, but yeah, I, I came around on it. Honestly, I, I wasn't sure whether I was going to be able to, like, really enjoy it because I was kind of struggling a little bit at the start. Like you do with city builders, like, you're trying to, like, understand the rules. Yeah. But, like, one, once I got the rules, like, it, it really clicked to the point where, like, I beat it twice and uh, 
lost a fair amount, not lost, but spent a fair amount of hours. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't worry Anyone about those hours. Anyone who has ever played Civilization understands what you're talking yes. about when you're saying you lost your time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I mean, honestly, like it, it's nice to play something that, uh, is a little more it's not it's not super serious like it it has fun with the world and it's just it's it's laid back it's like it's kind of relaxing you know like i don't have to worry about my layout and once you beat the game once you can you can turn off the story and just you know progress mm-hmm. and uh, go for that win state and i think as far as i know the win state's the same for each sort of map the maps are just different the second campaign i chose like the jurassic park one and it's like, uh, it's in a desert and there's like, it's got the, so there's like a train that comes in every five minutes or every whatever. And I don't want to say five minutes, but a train that comes in on a cycle and, uh, you can set up trades and stuff. And the train actually goes through a little, um, like the gate from Jurassic world, but it says, uh, um, it says like fossil Island or something. <laughs> so <laughs> like they have some, they have a lot of fun with it. It is such a cool game. And uh, I, I'm really glad that I was able to like stick with it because I've, I've had a blast with it. And, you know, I'm like, it's one of those games where you like sit there making dinner and your brain will drift. And, and suddenly you find yourself like thinking about the best layout for your for your engineers and your aristocrats. And, and then in the mind, like, <laughs> that okay, sounds like, fun. yeah, it's a lot. You'd, you'd really like it. You'd have a good time with it. I think it's like, like I said, it's it's not it's like a worry free city builder. Like it's very fair in terms of how it presents sort of the quality of life stuff. I really, Mm -hmm. really appreciated that. Yeah, that sounds really cool. I'll have to check it out. And you said that it was, uh, is it available on Game Pass? Yes. So it is on Xbox Game Pass. It is on PC Game Pass. And uh, it's also, it's available on all, like, I think all platforms. I think it might even be on Switch. So. Nice. Yeah, it's it like you I know was, that's the selling point for me right now. <laughs> I know. Yeah, honestly, like, and the controller, uh, uh, in terms of the controller support, I mean, the fact that I, we haven't really talked about it kind of kind of sells it all on its own because like once you get the hang of it, it works really well. Uh, the the main struggle I've had with playing on the TV is I, I would often catch myself leaning forward a lot because of the text being a little mm-hmm. small. And, you know, playing in the evening, my eyes are like, come on, we've been doing this all day. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> can we have a break? Um, but uh that was the only negative I had in terms of playing it on the TV. But if you're playing on the Switch, you have the Switch right in front of you in handheld yeah. mode. So, but the controller support's really good. Uh, there's a lot of like little shortcuts, you know, a lot of button combinations. But like once you kind of get them, I found myself like doing the weird min max pushing buttons, like quickly flicking between you know different pages and shortcuts and stuff. And I'm like, man, this is what happens when you play a game long enough. You kind of like understand all the controls. And you just <laughs> it's like breathing. You just do it. So, yeah, yeah, you'll love it. And yeah, I don't know the performance on uh, Switch. That might be something to look into. I I honestly don't know, but it it runs really well on Xbox uh, and I've had a blast with it. It's really great. Very cool. Well, speaking of the Switch, um, I have been playing uh, the new Super Mario Brothers game wonder and uh it's like i'm i'm really enjoying it i've i've unlocked all the worlds now but i've only finished the first uh the first three i get the first three and then there's like there's this kind of like middle kind of hub world thing um so i finished all of those levels and then so i have three more worlds to go so i have like the desert still and the volcano and i can't remember what the other one is might be like caves or something 
Um, but anyways, I'm I'm having a really, really good time in it. It's a lot of fun and I'm pretty terrible at platformers, but I find that it's like like a lot of the Mario games, it's pretty forgiving. Um, so I and like the one thing that I that I will always wonder at is uh how kind of creative they continue to be. Like when you think that they can't do any other things, then all of a sudden they're just like, hey, do you want to be an elephant? And also you can grab water with your trunk and water flowers. And that's a mechanic. Like it's just it's really, really fun and kind of whimsical. And I mean, and I don't know, um, because I feel like I might have missed a, a Mario Brothers game at some point. But like you can be an elephant and you can have like a drill head and bubbles and like there's all kinds of these crazy powers. Are they all new in wonder? I feel like you have a much better understanding of this than me. I feel like I missed a game because they can't all be new. Uh, well, the elephant and bubble is definitely new. The drill one there was. So in Super Mario Galaxy one or two, he did have a drill hat it, it obviously worked a little different because that was a 3D game, but like, yeah, yeah, I guess like technically that one's like a returning one, but it's the first time we've had it in 2D. But uh, so, mm. yeah, like all fairly like two definitely brand new one sort of brought forward from the 3D worlds uh, and then, yeah, Fire Flower classic, you know? Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, yeah, they the the, the um, you know, the imagination sort of portrayed in Wonder is uh is kind of crazy and like you you get those wonder flowers and then the whole level shifts yeah and it's just it's kind of insane because like honestly there's also like states where like the level has to complete if you don't get the wonder flower so they've kind of designed some of these levels like two or three times depending on how like what when you get the flower you take yeah exactly so there's a lot this is a big, that's probably the biggest 2D Mario game we've had in a long time, you know? Mm-hmm. It does. It feels, it feels big without being like oppressive. Like I think I've probably, like I said, I, so I finished like the hub world in the middle and the first three worlds. And there's, so there's kind of seven all together. Um, there's the six surrounding worlds and then the one in the middle. And so I think, so I've done kind of four out of seven and I've played for, probably like five or six hours total like it's it's not the longest game but it's definitely like has its challenging moments and it has this like badge system Mm -hmm. which like at first I didn't really realize that they were like color-coded for a reason which I probably should have but they have kind of like extra powers and you can choose a different power so you can have like the wall jump is a power the like flutter jump is a power um, there's like a, a kind of hang glider moment thing that's a power, but then they have these, um, kind of like crutch badges almost where it's like, if you fall in lava, you'll jump instead of dying. And like, if you, uh, and one that I use quite a lot actually is adding more blocks to a level. So it makes it like harder to fall in holes. Sometimes it blocks off some enemies. Sometimes it has, um, like power ups hidden in them. So you know, if you run face first into an enemy like I do all the time, then, you know, you can get your elephant back or your flower back or whatever. Like it's they're kind of um, make it a little bit less difficult, I guess, <laughs> which mm-hmm. I really appreciate, especially there's levels where you're racing 
um, you're racing against the Wigglers, and oh my god, they are the, like so unforgiving. Then <laughs> I'm just like, okay, you know what? Give me the thing that makes it so if I touch the lava, it doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> let's go, Wiggler. Because <laughs> like the Wigglers cheat too. <laughs> it's like you get way far ahead of them, and then they're just like, you know what? I get sudden burst of speed for no reason. <laughs> Look, I knew there was a reason they added Wiggler to Mario Kart because he's just a big fan of <laughs> rubber banding, right? Like it's oh, uh, ridiculous. Yeah, no, I, I uh, the badge system works really well. Like the game has a lot of smart design de- decisions, and, and, and look, it's not perfect. Like I, I I've been playing uh, with the kids, and you know, they're you'd think like, oh man, Ryan's kids must really be good at video games. They don't play a lot of video games. Uh, and they get quite frustrated with a lot of games. So I like try to, yeah. I try to be cautious about what games I introduce. Uh, and wonder has been a process with them. Uh, and it, it kind of boils down to um, making sure they choose uh, the Yoshis or Nabbit because yeah. they are immune to damage, um, which is super helpful because they like to run into enemies and get hit by shells and, and fall in pits. Uh, they're not immune to pits when you fall in them that you turn into a ghost. And, and it's gotten to a process where that's been, we've worked through that with them, but um, they, the badges and the way all that multiplayer stuff works with the Yoshis, like it, it is really helpful um, for people just starting out uh, and, and are new to sort of platforming games. Uh, the struggle we do have though, with the multiplayer is the camera, Ha- the camera has to follow like one player so it is yeah. a bit of a negotiation um and i always try to like i try to make sure i'm controlling the camera uh so that i can sort of well control the camera and make sure everyone stays yeah. in one spot <laughs> but if caden gets it because it is it is also like the thing where um you get control of the camera based on who gets the highest on the flagpole at the end of the level well of course oh, okay. if i win every time i get shit for that like you know they they get angry that I'm winning all the time. So you have to do the, you know, the parent thing. The and parent like, oh, thing, yeah. <laughs> I didn't I didn't get oh, the top no, of the flagpole. Oh, no, I fell down a pit. Oh, no, <laughs> I didn't time my jump right. <laughs> yeah, and I know folks at home might be saying, well, I'd, you know, I never let my kids win. And, like, you know, eventually they are going to be able to, to surpass my skills at Mario and Mario Kart and all that. We'll get there eventually. Um, and I do try to, like, you know, occasionally say like, you know, I'm going to get, I'm going to get to the top of the flight pool. And this is a learning moment of like, you know, you're not going to win every time. Like you had to learn how to lose too, just like you got to learn how to win. Yeah. Uh, but when Caden gets control of the camera, it, it does leave Abby a bit in the dust and, and there, you know, there's another teaching moment we have to do there, but it's, um, it can be a bit, I wish there was a setting where it's just like, no, like lock the camera to player one. Cause like the, you know, Caden or Abby or me, it doesn't matter, like having the camera, like it just becomes a burden when when someone has it that isn't like sort of paying attention to the other players because you can yeah. kill the other players by of moving course. the camera too quick, <laughs> uh, whether you crush them between a pipe or, you know, move them down a pit or something. But like, it's not perfect, but like within the design of the game, like, you know, outside of setting a setting that just defaults to player one. Like, give me a parent mode, I guess. That'd be really cool. Yeah. 
But they're getting there though, because they do have the like you say, the the Yoshis and Nabbit that can't yeah. take damage. So I mean there there are and does it still do the bubble thing that they've done in previous games it does it's kind of weird like i actually because i haven't done yeah i haven't done any of the co-op-y stuff because there's every once in a while it'll say like you'll be walking through the main map and it's like play with friends or something or there's like the little wi-fi icon and i'm like okay so do i have to walk up to one of these things to to get people into my game i guess so yeah the standees are like sort of their approach to multiplayer and like um I guess asymmetric multiplayer where you can like interact with other players by leaving a standee. But uh, the way it works when you die in multiplayer is you turn into a ghost. I actually prefer the bubble from previous games because the bubble was like also I, you, you didn't have to explain why your character suddenly turned into a ghost. Not that it's been <laughs> an issue for us, but you know, but the bubble was a little more like approachable and uh, like because the kids get frustrated when they die if you're in a bubble, it's just like, oh, I've turned into a bubble. They're less frustrated. But like, yeah, when you die, you turn into a ghost and you do have the ability to sort of move and control where you move because you want to move towards a character that's still alive because all they have to do is touch you and, you've, and you're back. You don't lose a life. Okay, so it's, it's the same sort of thing then because that was the same with the bubble is they would just kind of float towards you and you pop yeah. the bubble and they were back in the game. Yeah, you actually have more, I think, more direct control. Yeah, so it works actually better uh that in previous games you have a little more control uh uh but yeah like i it, like it works like it, it works i i think it works really well uh in that regard it, it's just a matter of like you know depending on who you're playing with like encouraging them to not set the controller down like no you got to move towards me so i can get to you like you've you're a ghost you're floating come down come, don't go into the light <laughs> you know uh because if you after five seconds you do die and then you lose a life oh okay yeah, and there is a pool of lives between between the three or four, however many of however many playing. people, yeah. But uh, you know, the, the wonder the wonder flowers are like my favorite part of the game. Um, I have finished it, and I, I haven't finished all the hard levels. There's like a whole. I love the way they did this. Like in previous 2D games, like you had to beat the whole game, and then you got like to to the Star World, which was like the hardest levels. Mm-hmm. In this one you can access those that harder world uh, from across all the other maps and kind of get an experience of those harder levels without having to beat the game completely. Um, so they kind of give you a taste. Are those of- like the, the four star? Because basically when you walk up to a level, it gives you this like screenshot of the level with like a difficulty rating and and whether or not you've gotten the seeds out of that level. So do you yeah. mean like the four star difficulty levels? Yeah, well, there's actually five. Oh, okay. uh, there's a fifth level, like it's like all purple stars. Oh, and okay. You, you'll, I think, I think as you progress further in the game, like near the end, like some of the final uh, boss castles or whatever, are like five stars. Like it's not like those levels are. Uh, while there are, they are considered five stars. Like the the like star level is like, how do we design a level that's beatable? but makes you want to throw your controller. You know, the, that's how they kind of design those. Like, I don't think I've quite gotten to that point no, yet. <laughs> no, but they are like remembering the pattern and making sure you've, you've got the right badge equipped. And, and some of them are just like, so timing based that you have to like get the whole run perfect or you die. Yeah. 
There is uh, there is one thing that I noticed um, because there was one, uh, I think, four-star Wiggler race that I was working on just before the show. And I think I died like four or five times or something uh, because it had, oh my God, the one thing that I freaking hate in this game is those like um, spiky back dudes that jump when you jump. Yes, yeah. I oh, hate those. And so <laughs> this Wiggler race had those dudes in it. And I was just like, oh my God, I, di- I died so much. Anyways, um, after you die a certain number of times, it started to, when it loads it up and says like, hey, do you want to change your badge? It showed me like the the recommended badge, which was really cool. It was like, you know, you've been using this one, but did you know you could use this one instead? And, you know, this is the one that we think will work better in this case. So I didn't end up switching because I was I was using the the doesn't matter if you touch the lava um, badge, but they recommended like the super mushroom badge or something. And I was just like, no, no, I'm good with my it doesn't matter if you touch the lava. That is what I now have muscle memory for. So <laughs> super mushroom isn't going to help me if I die in the lava. So <laughs> But uh, I did like that there were like recommendations like built in, like not right away, but just like, hmm, you seem to be having some trouble with this level. Have you tried it with this badge? <laughs> so, yeah, I, I did like that little bit of like not necessarily hand holding, but the, the subtle hint was nice. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, this was obviously the first game that didn't have Charles Martinez, the voice of Mario and Luigi. Did you how did you feel about that? Because that was a big deal. I think it kind of like it. Yeah. Honestly, okay. I'm playing as Peach. I didn't even notice. Oh, there you go. That's <laughs> I, the way to do I, it. I haven't, yeah, I haven't played as Mario or Luigi. I've just been playing through as Peach. So, which is kind of nice that they let you pick your characters, right? So you've got like Mario, Luigi, Peach, Daisy, uh, the Yoshis that we already talked about, Nabbit, the Toads. Like, they, there's so many different characters you can play as. So, mm-hmm. um, I think it's I think it's really really cool in that way that you're not kind of like locked into your character. They bring everybody in from the world. Yeah. And I've, I've, uh, while I was playing, I like, I like to mix it up. And like, again, the game doesn't punish you. Like, while you're in game, you can just hit the plus button and change your character at any time. And all the characters, uh, outside of the Yoshi and Nabbit, all, all control the same. They all have the, the same ability set. Mm -hmm. One thing about the different characters is those hidden blocks. That's a really cool kind of mechanic is that every once in a while I'll just randomly jump somewhere and then hit a hidden block because it's a hidden block for some other character. Um, but sometimes like when you're, when you're playing as peach, which is the character that I've chosen, but whatever character you've chosen, when you're running through a level every once in a while, there will be like your color block will just show up and it's a bonus of some kind. And uh, I thought that that was a really cool touch is like you can technically still find them regardless of what character you're playing. But uh, it's obviously like much, much easier if you're playing the character with the that matches the hidden block in that level. So it's kind of a cool hidden bonus to, you know, mixing it up and playing different characters like there's other stuff to find in the levels. Yeah. 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 There's a there's a lot of like hidden stuff and Mm -hmm. and the. um one there is a badge that will like is basically it's the radar badge which will like sort of ping when something is hidden nearby so like oh okay there's a lot of the little stuff that they've added in here where um it's kind of very it's like a it's a more recent trend with Nintendo where they're like you know like let's 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 give them a bunch of tools that they can use whether they want to or not like you know like if some people consider like yeah there's some easy mode in there like there's the Yoshi's there's the 
the the um the one save thing when like as you said fall in the lava i use that all the time if a level was like giving me a hard time or like i just make it three quarters of the way through and then fall in the lava and die it's like of course i'm going to choose that badge because yeah. it makes it fun <laughs> You know, I'm not, I'm not looking to punish myself with Mario. This isn't Dark Souls or Elden Ring. This is Mario Wonder, you know, and I appreciate that, not just for the kids, but for me, like I, mm-hmm. I want that, you know, I, I want that quality of life stuff. So it's a whole bunch of stuff in Wonder is just like, how did this make it through Nintendo approval of like, they changed they kept the the sort of the 2D formula, but they've augmented in so many ways to like just make it much more approachable. They removed the timer, Jocelyn. I mean, talk about it. I godsend. know. There's been times where I've accidentally, like I've had to put the game down and I've forgotten to pause and then I come back and I'm like, oh my God, how did I not use up all my 300 seconds? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is like that makes it alone so much easier to play and i i just wonder if they removed it because it was just like you know what if this is a multiplayer game and people are going to be fighting about which direction they want to go in the least we can do is not attach a timer to it yeah because <laughs> my kids could not handle the 300 seconds of a mario game like we we tried to play um uh super mario 3d land or world or whatever the the bowser's fury one mm-hmm. and they just they couldn't get through the first level because of the timer. <laughs> they just, they didn't want to race through it. They wanted to explore it. And I'm like, yeah. I'm looking at the timer. And I was like, man, this is going to be a thing. <laughs> I, I, I wish you could turn it off. You know, so the fact that it's not in there and wonder is like they can take their time through the level. And of course, there are the auto scroller levels, which is like a fake timer. Like there's mm-hmm. no timer, but the camera moves. So I had to kind of explain that. And um, there are harder levels that we, We'll look at it and be like, no, we're not going to do this one. We'll, we'll go over here. Like, you don't need to finish all the levels to sort of get to the final boss. It's very similar to, like, old school 64, Mario 64, right? Is like, you have a path that you need to take, but, um, like, you know, you have to unlock it by getting, like, seeds instead of stars. But still, like, in a certain world, there might be 20 available and you need 15, So like you can skip the harder levels as long as you get both seeds out of the easier ones. Like there's there's ways around like doing every level. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not a set path, which is good. Exactly. Yeah. There's there's a lot of options there and it's uh, it's a very fun game. And, you know, you know what you're getting into when you when you talk about buying a 2D Mario game. And I think, of course, like you're not going to be surprised playing this one, but. Mm-hmm. Um, I I love what they've done. Yeah, I think it's a really strong entry into the 2D Mario's. I'm having a lot of fun in it, and it's probably the first one in a long time that I'm actually going to play like all the way through to the end. So, um, yeah, I like all the the quality of life things that they've done, and the powers are really cool. I love that you can like throw bubbles like fireballs, but then like jump off of them. Like, there's just a lot of um really good innovation in the space where you're just like, how are you still thinking of that's, that's the biggest takeaway for me with this game is like, how are you still thinking of new things in a 2d Mario? Like well done, Nintendo well done. So uh, yeah, I'm really, really enjoying it. And uh, yeah, but I mean, I still have, Oh, I have so many things that I have to play. I can't believe how much I missed in the couple months that I've been away. Like <laughs> I've got, you know, uh, Assassin's Creed Mirage, which I think I'm going to be trying to to play some and talk about next week. And then there's City Skylines 2. And 
uh, Alan Wake again. Like, I just, oh man, I have so many things on my plate. But uh, even with all of the other things that I really want to play right now, I still like find myself going back to wonder because it's just, it's a really, really fun entry into the 2D Mario space. So yeah, well done, Nintendo. Uh, also, well done us for Extra Life stuff. Um, we still have more stuff coming up in December. So if you'd like to donate to our Extra Life campaign, go to bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2023. Um, you guys, uh, you and Travis and Whirlwind and Nevermore are doing Sackboy Adventures. That's um, coming up this Saturday, right? Yeah. So Saturday, December 9th, uh, we are going to be bringing Sackboy Back out of retirement. Well, he's only been in retirement for a couple months. We played a little bit last <laughs> month. Uh, but uh, Nevermore is going to be joining us, and we're going to have a blast, and we're going to be streaming um, tiny.cc slash watch TGI Extra Life. But you know what? Just click the links. We'll have the links all handy, bit.ly, TGI Extra Life 2023. And uh, that starts at 8 p.m. Eastern, uh, and we're going to be playing Sackboy Adventure, or Big Adventure. I don't know what it's called, but Sackboy is in the <laughs> title. So. And then we have more party animals coming up. Yes. That was that was quite a hit on game day. <laughs> yeah, it's the main reason I, I kind of made a, a a decision there. I was like, what game? You know, that we call it, you know, it's the holiday party. We kind of, you know, we finish up our streaming and like, what game are we going to play? And I thought like, well, the easy one is holiday or party animals. We can get eight people together. So we're going to have the holiday party animals. And uh, that'll be Friday, December 15th, starting at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Uh, and we're going to be playing Party Animals, and we'll have eight players. So if folks want to jump in, they can ping me. Of course, like we have some some slots that have been taken up. Myself, uh, you, Jocelyn, I assume, are going to be joining us. Yes, it's going to be yeah, a, a good be amount of fun. <laughs> and uh, I've already heard from a few folks. But yeah, if you, if you guys want to play, let me know in Discord. Um, we can sort of shuffle, uh, you know people if we have more Shuffle than eight people in and out yeah that's the yeah. thing with it like it is it is um it's a lot of fun it's it's obviously a party game so it is very much meant for shenanigans and people coming in and out and everything else and so yeah i think it's gonna be a lot of fun we had we had a great time on on game day so i'm looking forward to it it's gonna be fun yeah yep so uh we're in december so we'll be yeah. wrapping up our campaign with a couple events and i'm sure there'll be more streaming and we'll i'll try to you know, throw in the notes so we can talk about it on the show. But uh, those are the events we have planned so far. Yeah. So again, if you would like to support the Extra Life campaign, go to bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2023. We've got a few team members still short of their goals, including myself. I don't know about you, Ryan. I haven't checked lately, but um, I think we've still got some some room for some donations if you guys are up for it. Also, if you'd like to support Ryan and I and what we do here at TGI, go to patreon.com slash thegamersin. And that brings us to the news this week. We got an official teaser trailer for the live action Fallout TV show. Um, I'm not a huge Fallout person. Like I haven't played all the original games and stuff. I played a couple of the the later entries into the franchise, but um man, this TV show, it's from the the boy, the the people who did the boys, and uh it looks so good. <laughs> like so good because it's so gross. <laughs> and there's a lot of like big name actors here too yeah you've got uh walter walter goggins uh as yep. the ghoul which like i will watch him in anything uh he's amazing um the main actress who plays lucy is also uh one of the main actresses from uh um uh 
oh man, Yellow Jackets, which is another great oh, okay, like, yeah. show. I knew I knew I recognized her from somewhere. <laughs> yeah, and I feel bad that I I don't have her name. She she's she's more recent, like uh oh it's I think it's uh Ella Purnell is her name, uh I believe. She's more recent, you know, she's she did um she was the main voice in Arcane, I believe. She was uh, okay. one of the characters in Arcane. So like we've seen her and heard her before and she's she's more she's more recently popped up in my mind. Of of course she's been working for a while, but um she look she looks like she's gonna be fan- fantastic in this. But like Fallout is um to me like an aesthetic that I really love and I love this the the humor and the way they tell the story and and I like the stories as well, like the quests and stuff, but I like the feel and I like the look. And I love the characters that they have in the game, but I've never finished a follow game. Like I always like a lot of Bethesda games. You, like it's really fun to start kind of, you know, work your way through it, but I've never been able to finish a follow game. I like the idea of the follow games, but this TV show looks amazing. I cannot wait. It, <laughs> I watched the trailer. And I was like, wow, they really, they really nailed it. Like the, the feel and and the look of this world uh is they've they've captured it so well and um i watched the trailer with ashley cuz i was like oh, maybe this is a show that like <laughs> ashley and i could watch and i didn't tell her it was a, as a video game show although it kind of gave itself away when when it was like from the video game developer Todd yeah. Howard and I'm like well <laughs> there we go um but but i asked her she liked the first half of the trailer yeah. Which was more about like, you know, the wasteland and stuff. And like there was mm-hmm. something about the second half of the trailer she didn't like. And I think it was Walter Goggins, the ghoul, because it became sort of silly, I guess, at that point, because you have like. Well, this... Yeah, like so the, the first half of the trailer was very like post-apocalyptic, yeah. like wasteland. There's nobody really here. It was like as soon as they started to kind of introduce things, there were a lot of like gross like creatures there was a lot of blood spatter there was a lot of like uh like you say there was some there were some goofy kind of humor moments which fits the fallout universe for sure but um it was a bit of a tonal shift it was again it you could tell or i felt the influence of the boys in Mm. in the trailer for sure i was just like yeah this this could all be in the same universe it's just it's very obviously the same sort of style Uh, kind of like over the top crazy gore stuff is definitely happening (laughs) yeah that's true like the second half had a lot of the had a lot more gore and blood which is you know that fits fallout like fallout is very much yeah you know and uh but i i appreciate that so there's been like a lot of stories out there of like um bethesda has worked really close with jonathan nolan and and the team behind uh the show um to be and they basically consider that it's in can so this is canon like the show is canon uh to the the video game universe and they consider it to be fallout 5 which is probably not a great thing you want to hear if you want to play fallout 5 because now fallout 5 (laughs) is like now if they're considering the considering this fallout 5 if you say that that's kind of like a message to fans like don't expect the game in the next decade because yeah. obviously we're waiting for <laughs> Elder Scrolls 6 and I know people in the Discord are going to be upset at me saying this but it's what I read it's kind of how I take it as like they consider this to be canon it's within the world and this is kind of our shot at Fallout 5 not saying there won't be an actual Fallout 5 but we're we're actually getting this 
soon. <laughs> yeah, this is we're getting the story instead of the the game development because otherwise we'd be waiting on like you'd be waiting on new Fallout content for like you say a decade because it's going to be Elder Scrolls Six first. So yeah, you're going to be waiting quite a while. So I think this is probably one of those like better this than nothing situations. So. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I I know nothing, like I say, I, I don't know much at all about Fallout. So I'm excited to see, like, to get introduced to the universe and see how they do it. Like, uh, if anything, you saying it's like Fallout 5 is a bit of a turnoff for me because I'm just like, but what if I haven't done one through four? Like, am I going to enjoy this? Am I going to, you know, play much of this at all? Like, or not play it, like, but am I going to understand what's happening in the universe? And I do know, like, in the trailer, they showed like the dropping of the nukes. So like, mm-hmm. there's gotta be obviously some backstory. Um, I'm just kind of wondering like how they'll handle the content from one through four while still giving us a five and not boring the shit out of everybody who's played one through four, you know? Yeah. Um. So I think that's going to be an interesting balancing act to see what, how they deal with that. Yeah. I, I, I like each game is sort of self-contained they, and they will kind of like reintroduce you to the world each time. So I, I feel like the show will do the same thing of um, reintroducing you to uh, to the world to follow like the Brotherhood of Steel, uh, the way the the nukes went down and, and how how the world changed. And mm-hmm. I, like they kind of retell and reintroduce you to those mechanics every every video. I haven't played one or two. Um, I've only played three uh, well, I've I've played like sort of the Bethesda era of Fallout, so I'm missing a huge chunk. Um, but uh, I think it is just it's the world and the aesthetic that they are pulling from, and I think like they kind of consider it to be a Fallout Five because it would be a story they could tell in a video game, you know. And they're choosing yeah. to do it in this medium, and I I think uh, oh man, you got the guy from Lost as well. Um, uh, <laughs> That's ben. what I mean. Like, there's a ton. Yeah, there's a ton of great actors in this, so I think yeah. it's going to be really good. I'm I'm looking forward to watching it, anyways. Uh, but yeah. So uh, another piece of news we got this week is uh, Bill Spencer. Some news out of Xbox, basically denying what his uh, wait. Who was it? Who originally said uh, the CFO uh, originally made comments, making it sound like Game Pass was going to potentially be on PlayStation and Nintendo, and then basically Phil Spencer came out and was like, "Uh uh-uh, quashing those plans, which, like, the original comments to me didn't really sound that, like, it wasn't, like, solid plans. Um, He was basically, uh, Tim Stewart, the CFO, was was said, um, so it's our mission to bring our first-party experiences and our subscription services, so Game Pass, to every screen that can play games. What we would have thought of as competitors in the past, like PlayStation and Nintendo. So basically, to me, those comments are like, this is a thing that we may be open to eventually in the future, is expanding Game Pass. And and first party too, which is crazy. Like they're, they're first party exclusives for Xbox. Like if anything, that's what I'm kind of like balking at is like, oh my God, really? Um, and then so but anyways, basically, it's to me, it doesn't sound like any solid plan or anything else. And then so Phil Spencer then comes out and says, like, we have no plans to bring Game Pass to, to PlayStation and, and Nintendo, basically like quashing the idea. And it's like, I don't know, I kind of I understood what Tim Stewart was saying without taking it as like 
there's anything in the works. Like it's just something that they're they're potentially open to. And I think that that's like that's good for everybody, right? Like that was one of the big things that they were talking about with the Activision Blizzard acquisition is like, oh no, you know, monopolies and and silos and everything else. And, you know, to me, this what Stuart was saying sounds like a good idea. Like, why wouldn't you want, you know, your game pass to be available to everybody? You should at least be open to the concept in my mind. Yeah. So I thought his his comments were good. And then like Phil Spencer jumping all over him. I was like, why? Why would you do that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, this it sort of feels like um, like a very public example of this. But I, I think it happened in the summer or late summer when there was that big Xbox leak of like emails saying like, you know, acquisition targets for Microsoft. And one of them was like Nintendo, like I, Phil Spencer saying, like, I'd really like to buy Nintendo. And and then there was another email where Phil Spencer was like, yeah, we but we it wouldn't work like we would never be able to do yeah. that. Like, you know, I think this is a scenario of one person say, like one person on the team saying, of course, in order for Game Pass to be successful as a subscription service, we need to have it on as many platforms as possible. Look at Netflix. Like as yeah. soon as a new streaming device comes out, there's an app, you know, because that's the business model. Um but of course, what Phil Spencer is saying here is he's being realistic and saying, like, he 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 probably leaned more on denying the plans of what, you know, Stewart had said. But really what he's saying is, like, no way in hell is PlayStation or Nintendo going to want an Xbox Game Pass app on their device. Like, it's just it's just not going to happen. Like, there isn't even one on the Apple, uh, the the App Store. You know, like it, it's not there. It's not even on the Google Play Store. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. they are streaming apps. So, yeah, Phil Spencer's comments seemed to me to be more like reassuring people who had bought an Xbox yeah. that like they didn't make a mistake investing in the Xbox versus buying a PlayStation. Basically, is mm-hmm. like that. That's how I read it. Anyways, is he? It almost sounded like he was like, "Oh my God, you're gonna make people buy Playstations instead because they think they can get Game Pass and they can get Xbox exclusives on this other hardware." And that's not what we're doing. And it's like, no, I don't think anybody really took it that way. Like, it just seemed like an overcorrection from him, maybe. Like, I would rather that they're just open to anything and everything and open to, you know, working with different platforms and stuff. Like, I would think that would be a win. But he was very much like, no, buy our hardware. (laughs) Like, okay, but don't you make your money in your software? (laughs) So I don't know. Uh, but to me, it very much felt like he was um, trying to reassure people that they didn't invest in the wrong hardware. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, like they got to protect their hardware business, but it was a bit of a it, it, I think it was a bit of an over overcorrection. Like like you're saying, like it's just, it's um like, of course, they're of course, they want people to buy Xboxes. But like you could buy a three hundred dollar three hundred dollar laptop and and get Game Pass Ultimate and play. Yeah like a lot of that stuff. So, you know, there are, there are ways to enjoy game pass without an Xbox and still play all those Xbox games. But I mean, I guess you are still on a Microsoft platform though, right? Cause you're on PC windows, right? So yes, a hundred percent. Yeah. You're getting you one way or the other. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's, I think that's their business model. Basically they're like, yeah, (laughs) you're giving us money, whether you like it or not. (laughs) (laughs) And then finally tonight, we got a trailer for Grand Theft Auto 6. Um, and so 
GTA 5 came out like over a decade ago, right? Like, <laughs> so yeah. this has been a, a very long time coming. I'm not a huge GTA person, but uh, I know people who are obviously still playing 5, uh, very, very, very excited about uh, a new entry into the Grand Theft Auto franchise. Yeah, um, I was trying to remember, like, it's funny because 5 came out, I remember uh, I got it, I rented it from Redbox, which was those, like, uh, you know, those kiosks that had DVDs. In yes, them. yeah. <laughs> like in the precursor to Netflix, <laughs> when Netflix was still boxes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I just, uh, you know, it wouldn't have surprised me if you said, like, Blockbuster was still around renting games. Like, it's been a... It's, <laughs> It's been a long time since we've had like a mainline Grand Theft Auto and like I'm not necessarily like a huge fan, but I I do play the campaigns. Um, I think that's that's where, well, for the most part, before Grand Theft Auto Online, that's how everybody sort of enjoyed them. But um, we're returning to Vice City. The trailer does look like superb, like it, it, it definitely lines up with what we would expect from Rockstar in terms of quality. Um, no surprise there in terms of like the acting and the action and and the presentation. Mm -hmm. Um, This is definitely like a next generation game. Like when we, when we talk about, you know, experiences that uh, we want from our PlayStation five and Xbox series X, I think this game is, is going to be sort of one of those examples of like, we're finally getting the game that's utilizing this hardware to its maximum. Um, But uh, like no version, no PC version uh to speak of usually that gets announced a year after it comes out but uh this is just the tip of the iceberg because this game ain't coming out until 2025 so right but at the same time like 2023 is almost done (laughs) we've only got you know 25 days left in 2023 so you know like we're almost at the point where we can say it's coming next year (laughs) so uh 2025 isn't as far out as it sounds (laughs) i know The, the future is just around the corner uh it it is you're right and uh it, I think we've kind of just been spoiled by games being announced six months before they come out or three months before they come out. But of course, with the leaks, we kind of we knew the project existed. They had to acknowledge it. And then I guess this trailer leaked the day before because someone posted a uh, racer <sighs> posted it in the discord. And I'm like, is it Tuesday? It would honestly not surprise <laughs> me if I forgot it was Tuesday because they made a big deal of it coming. The trailer coming yeah. on Tuesday and um it got leaked like they someone leaked it. So they decided to release the trailer. And I know uh, there's there's some articles out there talking about, you know, the developers were very, very upset that, you know, they wanted to sort of like they worked really hard on it and they wanted to sort of share that excitement with the fans on on Tuesday, like they said they were going to. And, and unfortunately, the I didn't see the leaked trailer, but I assume it was some like posted stamp blurry thing like I, I don't know. Yeah. So um they got ahead of it and Tuesday was on Monday. That's definitely been the uh, kind of narrative around leaks, whether it's um, like leaked images or actual leaked files and stuff. But like, I would say the last couple of years around leaks has very much been like, come on, guys, <laughs> we've got the devs to think about, you know, like they worked really hard. Don't leak shit. So that's definitely been the narrative lately yeah. around leaks. Like I remember like Back in the day, it was like, oh, my God, like leaks were so few and far between. It was such a big deal. You had to cover them. And 
you know, like everyone was was all over them. And then now it's like, no, it's almost like people don't want to cover them anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, I do get the sense that I think developers are or, uh, you know, journalists are more. Or just folks in general, like they don't they want they don't want to talk about leaks because unfortunately, like most leaks happen now are related to illegal activity, like some sort of hack mm. or or something. And sometimes, but, you know, other times like there was a the story of the the last of us part two remaster got got leaked and it was honestly sometimes it's their own company posting stuff too soon so like sometimes it's a mistake sometimes it's 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 a it's a hack and i think like you know folks are less likely to cover um sort of the, the the stuff that's illegally obtained of course yeah the yeah the stuff that's breaking ndas or whatever but yeah you do feel for him it just happened with um, Hearthstone mm. with their big BlizzCon reveal. They yeah. accidentally, like Blizzard accidentally posted the, the um, like the key art for the new expansion on a t-shirt in the Blizzard store, like the gear store. And so everyone's like, well, now we know what the name of the expansion is and it's clearly going to be a Western. So like you spoiled your own shit. Way to go. Like, <laughs> so... I mean, like in those cases, it's kind of like when the when the company themselves screws up, like, OK, fine. But yeah, like you say, if it's like a hack or somebody breaking an NDA, like an influencer or something breaking an NDA. Oh, I hate that. The like, guys. Why? Why? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, for the clicks, right? For the lulls, yeah, that sort for of the, thing. For and, the clicks. And, uh, yeah, it. <laughs> it's it's frustrating. But I think that um, uh, the the more we sort of call it out and the more we try to like you know like this was a day less than 24 hours like i think that you know anybody who decided to leak it is like you knew it was happening tomorrow you know why take that away from the hundreds if not thousands of people who are working on this uh game yeah well again like you say it is it's it's for the clicks it's for the ad revenue if you can post the the gta trailer you're gonna get people to watch it and you know like yeah so i mean i I understand it, but I hate that that's where we are as a society. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But anyways, uh, GTA 6 trailer is up now, the official version. Uh, so go and check it out if you're into that kind of thing. I do think like, I mean, it looks awesome. Um, mm-hmm. I think the graphics look great. Like the obviously like the GTA themes are all there. So, I mean, if if this is what you're into, it looks like more of the same, but in like the best way possible. Like I don't say more of the same in a degrading sort of way. <laughs> no, it looks it looks really good. I'm excited to I'm excited to play it, and and of course, like Return to Vice City. It's been a long time. Uh, I mean, we're talking PS2 days, so <laughs> it'll be fun. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you'd like to join the conversation and let us know what you think about anything we've talked about today, head on over to bit.ly slash TGI Discord. There's a lot of really cool people over there, including some of the ones that you're going to see on our Extra Life streams. Again, uh, go to bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2023 if you'd like to support us in our raising money for the Children's Miracle Network of Hospitals. Uh, Saturday, December 9th, this upcoming Saturday, Ryan's going to be playing Sackboy Adventures with some friends of the show. And then our final holiday party, Playing Party Animals will be on Friday, December 15th. So go and check that out. Uh, that's going to do it for us this week. You can follow us over on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn at Joss Plays. Brian is at R. Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers Inn. Thanks for staying at The Gamers Inn. And remember, tune in next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. <laughs>